Chapter Twelve of the Mystic Will. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Pamela Krantz. The Mystic Will by Charles Godfrey Leland. Chapter Eleven. Paracelsus that our ordinary consciousness or waking intellect and what is generally recognized as mind or soul includes whatever has been taken in by sensation and reflection and assimilated to daily wants or shows itself in bad or good memories and thought is evident not less clear is it that there is another hidden self a power which recognizing much which is evil in the mind would fain reject or rule or subdue it this latent inner intelligence calls into action the will all of this is vague and it may be unscientific it is more rational to believe in many faculties or functions but the classification here suggested may serve as a basis it is effectively that of grasner or of all who have recognized the power of the will to work miracles guided by a higher morality and it is very curious that paracelsus based his whole system of nervous cure at least on this theory thus in the liber entium morborum de ente spirituali chapter three he writes as we have shown that there are two subjecta this will we assume as our ground ye know that there is in the body a soul geisten now reflect to what purpose just that it may sustain life even as the air keeps animals from dying for want of breath so we know what the soul is this soul in man is actually clear intelligible and sensible to the other soul and classing them they are to be regarded as allied even as bodies are i have a soul the other hath also one Paracelsus is here very obscure, but he manifestly means by the other, the body. To resume, the souls know one another as I and the other. They converse together in their language, not by necessity according to our thoughts, but what they will. And note, too, that there may be anger between them, and one may belittle or injure the other. This injury is in the soul, the soul in the body then the body suffers and is ill not materially or from a material ends but from the soul for this we need spiritual remedy ye are two who are dear unto one another great in affinity the cause is not in the body nor is it from without it comes from your souls geisten who are allied the same pair may be inimical or remain so and that ye may understand a cause for this note that the spirit geist of the reasoning faculty vernunft is not born save from the will therefore the will and the reason are separate what exists and acts according to the will lives in the spirit what only according to the reason lives against the spirit for the reason brings forth no spirit only the soul seal is born of it from will comes the spirit the essence of which we describe and let the soul be 
in this grandly conceived but most carelessly written passage the author in the beginning thereof makes such confusion in expressing both soul and spirit with the one word geist that his real meaning could not be intelligible to the reader who had not already mastered the theory but in fact the whole conception is marvellous and closely agreeing with the latest discoveries in science while ignoring all the old psychological system very significant is what paracelsus declares in his fragmenta medicina de morbis somnii that so many evils beset us caused by the coarseness of our ignorance because we know not what is born in us that is to say if we knew our mental power or what we are capable of we could cure or control all bodily infirmities and how to rule and form this power and make it obey the geist or will which paracelsus believed was born of the common conscious soul that is the question for paracelsus truly believed that out of this common soul the result of sensation and reflection and all we pick up by experience and observation and such as makes all that there is of life for most people there is born or results a perception of ideas of right and wrong of mutual interests a certain subtle moral conscience or higher knowledge the souls may become inimical that is the conscience or spirit may differ or disagree with the soul as a son may be at variance with his father so the flower or fruit may oft despise the root the will is allied to conscience or a perception of the ideal when a man finds out that he knows more or better than he has hitherto done as for instance when a thief learns that it is wrong to steal and feels it deeply he endeavors to reform although he feels all the time old desires and temptations to rob now if he resolutely subdue these his will is born the spirit of the reasoning faculty is not born save of the will what exists and acts according to the will lives in the spirit the perception of ideals is the bud conscience the flower and the will the fruit a pure will must be moral for it is the result of the perception of ideals or a conscience the world in general regards will as mere blind force applicable to good or bad indifferently but the more truly and fully it is developed or as orson is raised to valentine the more moral and optimistic does it become will in its perfection is genius spontaneous originality that is voluntary not merely a power to lift a weight or push a load or force others to yield but the thought itself which suggests the deed and finds a reason for it now the merely unscrupulous use of opportunity and advantage or crime is popularly regarded as having a strong will but this as compared to a will with a conscience is as the craft of the fox compared to that of the dragon and that of the dragon to siegfried and here it may be observed as a subtle and strange thing approaching to magic apparently as understood by hartmann and his school that the will sometimes when much developed actually manifests something like an independent personality or at least seems to do so to an acute observer and what is more remarkable it can have this freedom of action and invention delegated to it and will act on it 
thus in conversation with Herkomer, the artist and dr w w baldwin november second eighteen seventy eight the former explained to me that when he would execute a work of art he just determined it with care or forethought in his mind and gave it a rest as by sleep during which time it unconsciously fructified or germinated even as a seed when planted in the ground at last grows upward into the light and air now that the entire work should not be too much finished or quite completed and to leave room for afterthoughts or possible improvements he was wont as he said to give the will some leeway or freedom which is the same thing as if before going to sleep we will or determine that on the following day our imagination or creative force or inventive genius shall be unusually active which will come to pass after some small practice and a few repetitions as all may find for themselves truly it will be according to conditions for if there be but little in a man either he will bring but little out or else he must wait until he can increase what he hath and in this the will seems to act like an independent person ingeniously yet withal obedient and the same also characterizes images and dreams which sometimes appear to be so real that it is no wonder many think they are spirits from another world as is true of many haunting thoughts which come unbidden however this is all mere thaumaturgy which has been so deadly to truth in the old a priori psychology and still works mischief albeit it has its value in suggesting very often in poetry what science afterwards proves in prose to return to paracelsus heine complains that his german is harder to understand than his latin however i think that in the following passages he shows distinctly a familiarity with hypnotism or certainly passes by hand and suggestion thus chapter ten de ente spirituali in which the will is described begins as follows now shall ye mark that the spirits rule their subjects and i have shown intelligibly how the ends spirituali or spiritual being rules so mightily the body that many disorders may be ascribed to it therefore unto these ye should not apply ordinary medicine but heal the spirit therein lies the disorder paracelsus clearly states that by the power of foresight he uses the exact word fürsicht man may aided by sleep attain to knowledge past present or future and achieve telepathy or communion at a distance in the fragmenta caput de morbis somnii he writes therefore learn that by foresight man can know future things and from experience the past and present thereby is man so highly gifted in nature that he knows or perceives zicht as he goes his neighbor or friend in a distant land yet on waking he knows nothing of all this for god has given to us all art wisdom reason to know the future and what passes in distant lands but we know it not for we fools busied in common things sleep away as it were what is in us thus seeing one who is a better artist than thou art do not say that he has more gift or grace than thou for thou hast it also but hast not tried and so is it with all things 
what adam and moses did was to try and they succeeded and it came neither from the devil nor from spirits but from the light of nature which they developed in themselves but we do not seek for what is in us therefore we remain nothing and are nothing here the author very obscurely yet vigorously declares that we can do or learn what we will but it must be achieved by foresight will and the aid of sleep it seems very evident after careful study of the text that here as in many other places our author indicates familiarity with the method of developing mental action in its subtlest and most powerful forms firstly by determined foresight and secondly by the aid of sleep corresponding to the bringing a seed to rest awhile and thereby cause it to germinate the which admirable simile he himself uses in a passage which i have not cited paracelsus was the most original thinker and the worst writer of a wondrous age when all wrote badly and thought badly there is in his german writings hardly one sentence which is not ungrammatical confused or clumsy nor one without a vigorous idea which shows the mind or character of the man as a curious instance of the poetic originality of paracelsus we may take the following it is an error to suppose that chiromancy is limited to the hand for there are significant lines indicating character all over the body and it is so in vegetable life for in a plant every leaf is a hand man hath two a tree many and every one reveals its anatomy a hand anatomy now ye shall understand that in double form the lines are masculine or feminine and there are as many differences in these lines on leaves as in human hands goethe has the credit that he reformed or advanced the science of botany by reducing the plant to the leaf as the germ or type and this is now further reduced to the cell but the step was a great one did not paracelsus however give the idea the theory of signatures says vaughan in his hours with the mystics proceeded on the supposition that every creature bears in some part of its structure the indication of the character or virtue inherent in it the representation in fact of its ideal or soul the student of sympathies thus essayed to read the character of plants by signs in their organization as the professor of palmistry announced that of men by lines in the hand thus to a degree which is very little understood paracelsus took a great step towards modern science he disclaimed magic and sorcery with ceremonies and endeavored to base all cure on human will the name of paracelsus is now synonymous with rosicrucianism alchemy elementary spirits and theurgy when in fact he was in his time a bold reformer who cast aside an immense amount of old superstition and advanced into what his age regarded as terribly free thought he was compared to luther and the doing so greatly pleased him he dwells on it at length in one of his works what paracelsus really believed in at heart was nothing more or less than an unfathomable nature a natura naturans of infinite resource 
connected with which as a microcosm is man who has also within him infinite powers which he can learn to master by cultivating the will which must be begun at least by the aid of sleep or letting the resolve ripen as it were in the mind apart from consciousness i had written every line of my work on the same subject and principles long before i was aware that i had unconsciously followed exactly in the footprints of the great master for though i had made many other discoveries in his books i knew nothing of this End of chapter 11, Paracelsus. Recording by Pamela Krantz.